Yeshua, the Torah in living color. So in this messianic movement, it's Torah, Torah, Torah. Everyone's talking about the Torah. The Torah is a very central thing. It's been central in our lives all the way back to the days of Moses, if you remember. So this is a very central core feature within our movements, and people love the Torah. We love the Torah, right? So what is the Torah? And what does the Torah emphasize? I mean, I think it's, I think it's fascinating that the Torah doesn't promote itself as the Torah. That, that really the Torah is all about the coming one. The Torah is the testimony of Jesus, of the coming Messiah. He is the living Torah. Man, I just love that. That's breakthrough stuff. That's what makes our Judaism different than everyone else's Judaism. Our Torah, the Torah of Moshe, actually is the proclamation of the coming one, the Messiah. So I'm going to talk about Yeshua, the Torah in living color. When you think of the Torah, it simply means what? Instructions. When you put it in its literary context, it's the instructions of God to his people concerning righteousness. In fact, it's his self-disclosure of who he is, who you are, and what he expects of us. It's all about his plan of redemption and the age to come. So this Torah This Torah of Moshe has come to life. It's embodied in the person of Yeshua, the Son of God. He is the revelation of God. He is the redemption of God. He is the Torah in living color. He is, if you're willing to accept it, Emmanuel, God with us. Believing in Yeshua is believing in God. Embracing Yeshua is embracing the living God. Following in his footsteps is what it means to be Torah observant. Introducing Yeshua to those around you is the very mission of the Torah. Loving him and introducing him to others, inviting them to join the community and to live out life through his life is what it means to fulfill the Torah. So we're encouraging everyone to come and join us as we encounter Yeshua, the living Torah, and then bringing, bring him to those around us. The single most important thing anyone ever does is that when they understand who he is, to receive him into their hearts as Lord and Savior. Most important thing, you know all about Yeshua, but until you say, Yeshua, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died for me to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, cleanse me, cause me to be born again. Until you do that, you've missed the meaning of life. That is the essential meaning of life. That's the culmination of the Torah. Now I want to pause right now. I just want to stop right now. I want to ask, 
If anyone here today, right now in this place, you've never received Yeshua as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that, I'm not pressuring you. I'm not saying do it. I'm saying if you want to do that, if that's in your heart and you're saying, I'm ready to receive Yeshua as my Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. Our community wants to give you that opportunity. That's what we live for. So if you're, if you're here today saying, I'm ready to receive Yeshua as my Lord and Savior, you raise your hand. I want to see. Raise your hand if you're ready. If not, that's okay. You can't clap if no one's raised their hand. All right, I'm just, I'm just checking, okay? So, so when you're ready, because I know there, there's probably a handful of us that have not come to the place where we've received Yeshua as our Lord and Savior, and that's okay. When you're ready, let someone know around you. This is about your life. This is about eternity. And God loves you. So, when you're ready, let us know. All right, so Yeshua, the living revelation of God, John chapter 1. This is a beautiful kind of like... Like, I don't know what was going on in John's heart and mind when he wrote his opening uh, to his gospel. I mean, John, the Jew, he, he's a Jew. This is Yochanan, the apostle. He, he grew up in synagogue. He's a Yid, if you will. And he's going to write his story about Yeshua. You know, decades after all the events, he's writing much later as he looks back on his life. So he's had decades to think about how he wants to communicate who Yeshua is. And he opens up in such a beautifully Jewish way. He's going to begin his story by reframing the beginning of the bigger story. Genesis 1. Listen to how John kind of, kind of like repurposes this around a deeper revelation of Genesis 1, in the beginning, right? John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Please keep that slide up. In the beginning was the Word. Now, he's a Jew, so he's probably speaking Aramaic, which is kind of a watered-down version of Hebrew. In the first century, they lost the mother tongue, came out of uh, uh, captivity and came back and resettled uh, the city and the land. And so they're, they're speaking kind of a watered-down version of Hebrew, which is called Aramaic. Now, the priests, they were educated, so they spoke Hebrew. The, the synagogue, synagogue services were done in Hebrew, the temple services done in Hebrew. But then it was retranslated in Aramaic for, for the people because that's what they spoke. And so the Aramaic here, in the beginning was the word, the Aramaic for the word is ha-memra. Ha means the, memra means word. Ha-memra, in the beginning was ha-memra, the word. Now in Jewish thought, especially when you get into some of the writings around the first century, some 200 years before to 200 years after, so we're in that milieu of Jesus, the times of Jesus, if you will. The idea of the word among, among some very important Jewish sages was that the word was a person. The word was a being. And that word was the pre-incarnate Messiah. It was the Messiah to come. Hamembra was, in fact, the Messiah 
to come. Synonymous at times with the phrase, the angel of the Lord, if you will. And so what we have John opening up with is this idea about the Messiah, Ha-Memra. In the beginning was Ha-Memra. In the beginning was the Mashiach. And the Mashiach was with God in the beginning. And the Mashiach was God. You know, in the Greek, the word is prose. That means with God. And what the Greek word conveys is two people standing, facing each other. And, and the word implies or conveys intimacy, that they're so close that they breathe and exhale each other's breath. Okay? So the Mashiach is in relationship with God. And then it says, and the word was God. You, you can't be with God and be God at the same time. So how do we resolve that tension, right? Well, the way that that is resolved in terms of uh, probably the most weighty position in how to resolve that is the idea that they are separate persons. God, the Father, is separate from God, the Son. The Father and the Son are separate. They're in relationship. They're they're, they're, they're close together, face to face. And yet they're one. One in what sense? Not in person. They can't be in person. They could be one in essence. So when you think of God, if you think of the essence of God, whatever that is, because that is just like a mind blower, right? The very essence of God. Wow. The word shares equally in that essence. So both the Father and the Son are equally sharing in the essence that we call God, the essence of God. So the Mashiach is in relationship with God and in essence is God. Does that make sense? So this is, this is a really heavy, deep revelation from John of who Yeshua is. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Let me retranslated that if 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 i can um at least one of the ways that some very brilliant sages would have been thinking in the beginning was the mashiach the mashiach was with god and the mashiach was god he was in the beginning with god all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being that's slide 77 He was there at the beginning. He created all things. Everything that is seen and unseen came as a result of his creation. There's nothing that exists outside of that. He's the creator. And then verse 4, in him was life. Part of that essence of God, right? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life was the desire of men, men being uh, uh, um, a concept of humanity, if you will. Don't, don't think of it in terms of gender. It's, it's talking about mankind. In him was life. And the life was what? The light of mankind. What does that mean? It means we desire life. The very desire of every human being is life, to live. That's what we want. That's what we were made to want. He put that deep within us. We would long for eternity. We want to live. 
And that life was what? In the Mashiach. And what John's going to do is he's going to repurpose that to mean there's no life outside of the Messiah. He came, in him was life, and everyone must come to him if they want to live and live with purpose and meaning and to live forever. John later says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. This is the glory of the Torah. Yeshua is the glory of the Torah. He is the living Torah. John, chapter 1, 14 through 18. And the word, hamemra, the word, right? That person, the Mashiach, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's leave that slide up. The Mashiach, who is with God and is God, became a human being. I mean, how, you know, that we can only comprehend so much of that. It's so big. It's so mysterious. That the creator becomes one of the created? That, that the one who created all things seen and unseen comes through a human begettle, a birth, and takes on human flesh and blood and dwells with us as one of us? Is that the love of God or what? Is that the love of God? That he would come and actually gain some traction as a human being and get really super close to us. Now, what does that do for us? For the first time, it allows us to really begin to understand who God is. How else would we understand God? You, you and I, we cannot understand the Ein Sof, the, 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 the one that is undefinable, without borders. You know, the, 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 very, the minute you start saying God is this, God is that, you've just put him within borders. You limited him. He's no longer the invisible, indefinable God, which means we can't understand him unless he chooses to reduce that to a place in which we can begin to understand. So he reduced himself and limited himself and came in the form, took on human flesh and blood to become a human being so that we could actually see and understand God, relate to God, Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet said, one is coming whose name will be Emmanuel. It'll be God with us so that we can begin to understand God. That's what he did in and through his son. That's what Jesus came to do, was to reveal who God is. Verse 15. Well, let me, let me just back up. I'm going to go, I'm going to stare at this. <laughs> so he's the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and full of truth. Again, he's the living Torah. John testified about him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. 
16 and 17, For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses. Jesus explained what that law was. The law is given. Jesus is the one that breaks it down, unpacks it so we can understand it. And he's full of grace. Grace upon grace. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, the Mashiach, he has explained him. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, isn't that kind of weird? No one has seen God, but the only begotten God who is in the bosom of God. Are you catching this? The word was with God and the word was God. No one has seen God at any time. That's why he came to us so that we could begin to understand him. He's the invisible infinite one. So he came to us in and through his son who is in the bosom of the father. And it says that his son has explained him. Jesus is the revelation of the father. Jesus reveals the father and explains who he is. Who, who else has ever done that? No one has ever done that. It's the job of the Messiah, the Son of God, to tell us about his father of whom he is one in essence with. Jesus came so that we could understand the Father. He's the revelation of the Father. He is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Jesus said to his disciples, they said, he, he said, what, what do you guys want? They said, we want to see the Father. You know what he said to them? He says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Man, that's a revelation so deep. Do you understand why, why Yeshua, the Mashiach, is so central to Messianic Judaism? He's the central feature. It's not Torah and then Jesus. It's Jesus and then the Torah. Jesus is the author of the Torah. Jesus is the one that explains the Torah. Jesus is the living Torah. Man, we have to get that right. So Yeshua, the living Torah, commissions his followers, the disciples, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, the mountain to which Jesus had designated. This is a post-resurrection appearance before the ascension. So they're there at the mountain. Jesus appears to them, and uh, it says they worshiped him but some were doubtful. Verse 18, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I'm the one that created all things. I've come in the form of a man, you know, taking on human flesh and blood. I suffered and died for you. I'm risen. I'm ascended. And the Father has given to me all authority. I'm above all the angels, all the demons, all the rulers of this world. I have all authority. I am King of kings and Lord of lords. 
now here's my agenda. You're my followers, right? He says, go therefore, make disciples of all the nations. We get to go as ambassadors of the king of heaven and make disciples of all the nations. And we have the authority to do that. Heaven stands behind us as we do that. Heaven is with us, in front of us, behind us, above us, below us. We have the authority of heaven to go with confidence, share the good news of Jesus, and let the chips fall where they may fall. Nations have risen and fallen over Yeshua. We are his people. You are his people. We are the representatives. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a week or two ago. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. What did he teach them to observe? The Torah. What, the writings of Buddha? The writings of Vishnu? No, no. He says, go and teach them what I've commanded you. What, what have I taught you? I've not come to do away with the law and the prophets. What? I've come to fulfill. Not to abolish, but to fulfill. And now one jot or tittle is going to be removed until all is accomplished. He said, so, I want you to share the good news of salvation through me, that I've died to pay the debt of everyone's sins so that people can be forgiven and reconciled to God. Baptize them, immerse them, and invite them to community. And then show them how to go out and begin to live out this beautiful life that I've given to them. Teach them the ways of the kingdom. Teach them the ancient paths of the Torah. And then make more disciples. That's our mandate. That's our commission. And there's a lot of strategies in how we can accomplish that. But I want to talk about a few of them. Three. Three main strategies. Number one, acts of kindness. Just be kind. We live in a world where everyone's all crazy, man. They're just so uptight and everyone's mad and angry and suspicious and accusatory. It's just like crazyville out there, right? What the world needs right now is a little bit of kindness. Just random acts of kindness is one of the ways that we represent our father in heaven our father in heaven loves the world he so loved the world he gave us his son so you know be kind just do kind things by the leading of the spirit be kind do kind things at the leading of the spirit my neighbor I hope he's not listening but his lawn's a mess he didn't take care of it his body's beautiful I think he's a professional bodybuilder. I mean, the guy's like, he's, he's like, tell Don, stay inside. <laughs> he's, mow, he's mowing the lawn without a shirt on. Stay inside. And then I put my shirt on right away because I'm not a professional bodybuilder. But anyway, the point is, his lawn looks, looks pretty neglected because he's busy with his body. So I want to help him out. So we're friends. We talk all the time. So he throws a bunch of seed on these dead spots and uh, starts watering. And uh, so I go over, I said, hey, I've done that. It doesn't work. I learned the hard way. I said, the birds are going to eat it and the water, it's going to run off with the water. It's not going to work. He says, really? I said, yeah. I I've tried different ways. You know, I bought the seed that has the dirt around each seed. Very expensive to put dirt around each seed, right? 
That don't work either. I know because there's not enough dirt around the seed. Because I did that one too. What you got to do is a little bit of work, and that is you got to throw the seed. You got to you got to you got to break the ground, throw the seed on, and then get more dirt and cover all the seed, and then pack it down, then water it, pack it some more, then it's gonna grow. I said, "Can I help you?" He says, "Sure." So I spent two different days uh, doing that once, and then followed up with another round of doing that, and uh, just helped him out. Just helped him out. Just wanted to be kind. Why? Because we're called to be kind. And that's sowing seeds spiritually, not just physically. And I know you do the same thing. I know you're helping people around you, your family, your friends, your neighbors. That's one of the ways that we reach people for the Messiah. We get to be kind like our Father in Heaven is kind. And when we do that, it gets God's attention. It advances His kingdom. Number two, divine appointments. you got to look for divine appointments. That is those appointments that God gives you uh, that are unexpected, a little bit of a surprise. I was going to give you some other teaching, but I'm out of time. So uh, let me just jump into this. I'm going to. So divine appointments, right? Divine appointments. That's where you have this, this thing set up that's just a freebie that's really easy. So here we are last week. I got held over. I'm 30 minutes over, over when I was supposed to leave. I always leave pretty much on time because Don gets mad when I don't get home on time, which makes sense. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, I'm 30 minutes over, got to go. I rush outside. The minute I run outside, a car is pulling into our parking lot out here, right? Something, huh, this is interesting, you know? They're driving up, and I'm thinking, i got to hurry, get to the car because I'm already late, and I know they're going to ask me something. And it's usually... They need money because they're at a church and roaming through the parking lot. Something I got to get to the to the car, you know. So they kind of pulled up, and as soon as they pulled up, they said, "Hey, they got my attention." They go, uh, "So do you do you uh, is this your church?" I thought, "Oh man!" So easy way out. We lease. And I said, "No, it's not our church." <laughs> well, it's not. We want me to lie. So it's not our church. We. I said, "I lease some office building space here." I said, but the pastor of the church is not here, but they should be here in the next hour because they come on Wednesday nights. They should be here in the next hour. I said, you can check back. Got to get home. So the other person in the car, it was, it was a, a mother and her daughter-in-law. The, the mother says, do you have any holy water? I'm thinking, holy water? Now, I've never been asked that. Do you have holy water? But I have a Catholic background. So I know what holy water is. I said, uh, I don't have any holy water. I said, like Catholic holy water? They said, yeah, holy water. I said, I don't have any holy water. But I have some tassels. They said, well, what are tassels? I said, it's like holy water. They said, what? I said, yeah, I remember the lady that was sick for all those years. She went to the physicians and she couldn't get healed. But she thought to herself when Jesus would come through her city, if I could just get down there and just reach out and just touch the tassels of the garment, I know I'll be healed. Then the other lady, she jumped, jumped right in and she said, oh yeah, I know that story. And she says, she touched those tassels and were healed. I said, I got some. They said, no way. I said, yeah, in my office. 
I said, I have holy tassels anointed with oil from Israel. We have anointing oil from Israel. We anointed those and we had some very spiritual holy people lay hands on the tassels and infuse those tassels with healing. And they have a family member that has a particular need for healing, and that's why they were coming to ask for holy water. So they said, oh, could we please get a tassel? I gave them a tassel and two books. We had a great, great discussion. That is what we call a divine appointment. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to set it up. I didn't have to initiate. I just, God put them in my path. So we just need to have our antennas up all the time. People we encounter all the time kind of say, God, are you up to something? And if not, most of the time, you know, it's, it's just nothing. But sometimes it's something and it's going to go somewhere. You just got to have your antennas up. All right, so. I'm halfway through my sermon and, and I want to just stop here. Yeah, I'm going to do part two and part three and man. It's always next Shabbat, right? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here. What I, what I want to do is I want to pray for people here because we're, we're in our summer outreach. We've got some things going on. We're going to start these groups. People are getting excited. We're starting to learn how to share our faith. And so what I want to do is I want to stop the service and I want to pray for people for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God. We need the leading of God if we're going to be effective in our witness, right? We, we need, if we want to prophesy over people and bless them and give them something substantial, we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to invite you up uh, for those who want to be prayed for and want to receive an infill, uh, a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your hundredth time. You know, it's so funny. It's like, it's like, it's like a Ford or a Tesla, right? You got a Ford, what happens? You got to put gas in from time to time, okay? It's like the Holy Spirit. You got to get refilled, okay? That, that's Pauline theology. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. If you have a Tesla, you got to get more electricity. No matter what you have, you got to what? Refill it. And so this is a time in which we're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask for Elder Randy to come up. Elder Aurelio, and I think, Justin, if you're here, I'm going to have you come up. Minister Donna, I'm going to have you come up. We're going to stand up here. And Yomar, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you kind of lead us in the running benediction so that we can end our live streaming. And then as soon as he does that, we're going to transition, and I'm going to open it up to pray for uh, those who want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit so that we can get this outreach cranked up for our summer months. Amen? Okay, so uh, come on up. Please stand for the Ronic benediction. After that, we're going to pray for you. And then at 3 o'clock, if you have kids, go downstairs and get your kids at 3 o'clock, please. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his son saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we add, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the Prince of Peace.
So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Receive now the name of Yahweh. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to have um, those that want to be prayed for. I want you to come up and stand right in front of these chairs in the front here, if you will. Stand up here, and then uh, I'm going to have our team come up up on the uh, altar here. Oh, you have some oil? Okay. Well, come on up. I got, I got oil on the altar, so... So, Father, we just bless you. We, we thank you. And uh, we just anoint this oil in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would infuse it with healing power. Infuse it with the presence of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. For your people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, and before you go, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pray for people, and um, after you're prayed for, uh, you may be seated. If you hang around long enough, you might get prayed for again. Just never know. But if, if you've been prayed for and you want to go back to your seats, feel free to do that. As we pray and impart the Holy Spirit, a fresh new infilling of the Holy Spirit to you, just know there, there might be some phenomenon that comes with that. You might feel some heat or, or chills or goosebumps or you might get dizzy, whatever. You, you might have some experiences. That's just the Spirit of God. You may have no experiences. That's okay. You might have it on the way home or next week. I don't know. I'm not God. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But receive, open up your heart and receive this fresh new infilling of the Holy Spirit for ministry this summer in Jesus' name. I'm just going to have them go. They're going to just go as they want to and pray. And so, uh, again, after you've been prayed, you may be, sit you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.